Welcome to Hermophobia number 30. I'm Alan. And I'm Mark. I'm Ross. And we're going to continue talking about 1982, the movie, the, the, the year that was... Awesome. It was. There was... <laughs> um, it, 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 it exceeds in its excessiveness of great film. Oh, so many good movies. Yes, uh, we've, we've talked about some... And uh, we're moving towards our uh, our top fives. I'm pretty sure I know what's on Mark's list. Shut your hole, sir. <laughs> but I'm looking for some surprises. You never know. He might pull one out of his ass. Who can, who can say? Um, I, let's, let's just get going with this. We've got some good stuff to talk about. Let's get it on. Oh, tainted love. Tainted love. next uh, segment here we're gonna try out something new here we're calling it the good the bad and the ugly the good will be you know five films each that we all thought were good and we'd like to bring some attention to for one reason or another the bad being movies that you know weren't maybe what they could have been they don't even have to be movies these could be um trends maybe soundtracks um maybe a low point in an actor or director's career um, anything, anything that was sort of bad about 1982 that's pertinent to uh, our conversations here. And the ugly, this is the shit at the bottom of your shoe that just came <laughs> out that year, and would definitely in 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 line with our um, our best forgotten uh, ways of old. So let's uh, kick things off here and let's let uh, Ross start off with his uh, list of the good. Oh wow, 82. What can you say? There's so much good in 82 um we've already talked about a few of them uh i also want to bring up well i'm gonna say good i i it's not in my top five but i really like tron tron's great i have the mm-hmm. one sheet at my at my house uh the original one sheet poster and i loved it coming out or something yeah like beautiful movie beautiful uh <sighs> It's not on my top five. Uh, I, I really liked what it it tried to do more more of an attempt. God, it was slow, kind of slow. I've been saying that a lot tonight. Slow, <laughs> you know. Um, well, it it I mean it was in a, in a lot of ways it was I mean it was very experimental, mm-hmm. and when it was inside the computer world, it was riveting. Like I, as a kid in the theater watching that movie, it was spectacular to look at. Yeah. It was um, it. It, it was it was a it was a living fantasy like you know it was it was so cool the light cycles mm-hmm. um everything everything about it was so cool it was when it came outside of of the um outside of the computer world that mm-hmm. things would lag yeah and it made yeah. me really want to get a computer after oh, that yeah. Yeah. oh totally well yeah. i didn't find a lot of action in in the actual computer world even they they sort of walked around and they're kind of slow. A lot of exposition. Uh, Disney had a lot of when they when they come tried to market this. They they always used the light cycles. They used the the. Uh, There's only about 15 minutes of of actual computer generated imagery in the whole movie, and um, of course the the arcade game came out before yeah. the movie, yeah. and you play that and and even now it's just really fast and full of action. And then you sit down to see this movie and you're like, oh man, it it, it was. 
it's not. That's why. It, I mean, it's good though. I, yeah. I good in a way that it, it really started some directions in 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 cinema making that I, I hold up now. What do you think of uh, Tron Two coming out? Ooh, I have once again. What did we see at the? At, they showed it at the Comic Con last year. It was they, just a teaser. Yeah. Here we go. Light. They show the little light cycles again. Yeah. And they show uh, Jeff Bridges shuffling around with his beard and looking all old and grumpy. Do you think <laughs> the advent of um of com- of computer technology now is gonna be is it gonna help matters? Or do you think that there's gonna be the same awe factor that there was back then? Or is it just gonna be kind of hokey? Yeah. Like getting sucked into the computer world again, like okay. I I think it would. I think what they should do with it is 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 actually have the characters appear in. Of course, this won't be because they're of licenses and everything. But it, uh, putting putting them in games that are already established oh, in, that would be in cool. our uh, that would be that nice. would be like World of Warcraft or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, having them uh, having them in in a game that's not. That of course they're going to invent the game probably that yeah. takes place or have some sort of work. and we've covered a lot of it. it uh, there was a great series about ten years ago called Reboot. So oh, I love that great. show. I don't know where they, where they can go with this now without uh, how they're going to dredge up new new material that's going to be. Yeah, like, as much much of a fan of I, uh, that I am of the original movie, yeah, I don't I don't see the second one going anywhere. But it's nostalgia, and, and what a great place to uh, debut it in Comic Con because you're going to get a lot of people really stoked about it, and they're going to think about '82 again and and back when they were kids and anything from that time. I mean, mm-hmm. if you you can make basically remake anything from that year, and you're going to get a lot of hooting and hollering people saying, "Yeah, I remember that. Great Tron 2.0 or Tron Tron." Yeah, it's got the T or the two instead of the zero or instead of the O. TRT TR2N is how they're spelling it. Yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so what else we got on your good list? Um, well, I'm going to bring up Poltergeist. Um, uh, I think some it's probably on somebody's top 5. Oh, right? I'm sure we're going to have a lot of overlap, but that's yeah. all cool. But uh I I Poltergeist was something I I sort of began to appreciate later on. I I didn't like it when it first came out. I couldn't really find any any <laughs> <laughs> really i really didn't i i i wasn't i i think I, I enjoyed it later when i got older it i i really liked the style i'm gonna say spielberg made it there i go there, there's there is a lot of controversy uh, yeah, whether or not it's, it was hooper or, or uh he had a contract spielberg. uh stipulating that he couldn't be involved in any other uh production until et was, was in done. the can yeah. and he had he had this uh the Hooper was was the director, and according to some people, uh, including Zelda Rubenstein, did in an interview a few years ago, said he, he was quite quite loaded on on some chemicals for most of his uh, <laughs> tenure, and he would basically set up the shots, but Spielberg would would actually be the one who directed the film. Uh, you can so see Spielberg in those oh, in that. Yeah. 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 The whole the whole suburban aspect of oh, it, absolutely. Uh, the kids playing such an integral part in it, um, yeah, it's it's got Spielberg's fingerprints all over it. This scared the pants. I know, me. like I think I actually audibly screamed in the theater the first time I saw this. Like it was, yeah. it was a good fucking movie. And those those coffins popping up and said, "Oh, oh man, I almost pissed myself." Me. Didn't do it. 
Actually, yeah. the part that I think that I actually screamed out loud in was when she was upstairs and she was like cleaning or something. It was after Caroline had been abducted and she was walking past the kid's bedroom and she just was going to open up the door and take a peek in. And she just kind of turned the handle and the whole door kind of shook. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I was like, ah! <laughs> I was losing my shit. <laughs> the, the absolute worst part in the movie for me was the full-size clown. Oh, came to life. that was creepy. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, the tree, even when it was sitting there eating yeah, the kid. And... No, but just that, that clown, it, I already have a problem with like large dolls, like wax figures and shit like that. That uh, clowns and full size, and it comes to life. Yeah. Get a real fear. That's all I got to say. <laughs> clowns are scary. Come on. Not like snakes, man. <laughs> um,. What else we got good here? Um, I don't. I that's really all I have. I, I know there's a few on the, some people's top five. So, um, well, feel free well, to, just, to, to go to, ahead. I see this one here. Yeah, that's on my top five. Oh, uh, is it okay? Sorry. Yeah. Oh, I might. Well, might as well go. I I also had uh, Victor Victoria. I I really enjoyed it. Um, I I, I can watch it's that. It's a funny movie. I can yeah. still watch it. I I love the scene where they tried to put the bug in the in the salad. <laughs> that was great yeah. really good well done and yeah. uh and, and really looking down the list we i mean we could just go for hours and hours yeah. and hours talking about um there's so much good stuff i mean the thing i don't have the thing on my top five uh once again nothing not i i don't i was i was too young to see it it was i think rated r when it came out um something i discovered years later and and enjoy immensely every time i see it um uh, great effects work um I, f I enjoy the fact that it the location is here here it is in the middle of the antarctica i mean yeah. what a location I yeah. mean, it's it's character driven cold great well, uh, a, a lot like that we've talked about the descent before and it's sort of like that you where you've got this really isolated location where there's nobody's gonna fucking help you you are on your own and you and you've got this you know small band of people that they, they've either got to stick together or or they're fucked and yeah. the paranoia that runs so rampantly through the group prevents them from doing like it's just it's 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 so great and yeah and movies where you're stuck in a, in a in claustrophobic uh, bunch of characters all together can go really wrong yeah like we talked about for 1973 last days of hitler yeah, in the bunker. Took, yeah, took place yeah. in a bunker and it had Alec Guinness, but man, did that movie uh, <laughs> stick up the joint? Yeah, yeah. I that's actually it's in my top five. So, I, but yeah, it is fantastic. Okay, I remember watching it the first time and just was just amazed. Yeah, it's. I mean, do we, do we are we gonna blow the wad on on the thing here? Let's let's. Yeah. Okay. Um, well. <laughs> let's let's talk about the thing. An amazing ensemble cast. I mean, oh, yeah. people that you would not think. Like, I mean, Wilfred Brimley for fuck's sake. The guy's been hawking Quaker oats and fucking diabetes <laughs> injections for how many fucking years? You would not think of him as an effective actor. He's yeah. great in it. Richard Mauser, who was pretty much a, a character actor staple back then, amazing in it. Um, uh, Keith David and. Uh... Kurt Russell acting like well against Kurt Russell other? I'm sorry but anybody who says a fucking Kurt Russell isn't a force to be fucking reckoned with I'm he was this was his this was his time I mean 
he was so good in in this movie and the the other stuff that he did with Carpenter um Escape from New York and mm-hmm. just ah oh, it it and the and the special effects I mean you're talking about pre computer gen stuff this is all practical effects yeah. unfucking believable the fucking spider legs that grow out of the fucking head and oh, the yeah. that's that kind of creep me out yeah, that was good amazing amazing yeah. amazing stuff um yeah just the uh the one the one fault i had with it is is the it is the rotoscope monster at the end but it was okay like it was still very top-notch rotoscoping but still uh, I, I think that i mean they're talking about remake or doing yeah. the, the a prequel, sequel. It's a prequel, prequel actually, yeah with yeah the norwegians but you know <laughs> i would i would approach that material very cautiously because you've got you've got a really great piece of of film that you've got to live up to mm-hmm. yeah it and they had better not tarnish my baby <laughs> there you go yeah. How about you, Mark? Have you got some? You got a good list here for us. I do have a good list. Um, I have a great list. <laughs> uh, these these movies just fell short of my of my top five. Uh, in in reverse order, I've got uh, the world according to Garp. Ah, yes, <laughs> great movie. Uh, I I cried so much in yeah. this, and I laughed, and uh, just. Uh, John John Lithgow's performance oh. as well. <laughs> what was it, Roberta uh, Mul- Muldoon? Uh, Muldoon, yeah. yeah. Ex linebacker now, <laughs> trans transgendered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was a brilliant movie. Uh, uh, his wife giving the blowjob to the kid yeah. and oh, he has yeah. a car accident yeah. and the bites his dick off. Babysitter, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The I did the best. I think the. the what really defined the whole movie you knew what you were getting into at the point when the plane crashes into the house and he's like i'll take it this is the worst that the worst thing that'll happen to, to to it so you know we're gonna live a charmed life after that and the sort of the innocence and that sort of thinking you know is it's is it it, it really defines the movie it um it, it is it's such a great film and, and, and where where he's like flying in the, in the helicopter at the end Oh God, I'm getting getting broken up. Yeah, by yeah. <laughs> Very cyclical. Uh, John Irving uh, Irving's uh, it was a, a novel, yeah, novel written by him, and um, best adaptation by far for. Uh, I mean, Hotel New Hampshire was pretty good too, but yeah, uh, yeah. Um, it really captured. If you read his books, it really captures who uh, how he writes yeah. and. Uh, great once again great performances uh, even if you've read the book it, there was a lot of shocking moments in that movie and yeah. you, you just you, know, you wanted it, them to change the ending but of course mm-hmm. they didn't um, well and talk about Robin Williams really coming up to the plate yeah. and, and and really standing up yeah. I mean he was Mork from freaking Orc and Popeye and before Popeye. this yeah, yeah. and now you know? it's like a huge dramatic performance by him and yeah. it's like right amazing job Glenn Close I mean she really established herself in this film you'd not seen her before at all and I mean she'd go on to do The Big Chill and and, uh, Fatal Attraction and sort of be the poor man's Meryl Streep after this you know (laughs) always always chasing the Oscar kind of thing and I I just it's a great cast Amanda Plummer has a small role in this who I love uh, um, oh, she's the yeah, she's yeah, the the, uh, the crazy the, no, the one that they named the whole society over. She didn't, she couldn't speak. Yeah, right. Um, the Helen something. She cut her tongue out. Yeah. yeah. 
And um, uh, there was Hume Cronin and Jessica Tandy yeah. playing. Well, she didn't playing cut the grandparents. Somebody, grandparents. She was a victim. The the she she. Yeah, the yeah. it was the followers, the society, yeah. people that were in the society that cut their own tongues out so they can speak Be, and, yeah. and um and also uh, Mary Beth Hurt who really doesn't get enough credit for um the stuff that she's in. She's a great actress and she played uh, Garp's wife in this. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. Yeah. Uh again, yeah, just missed my top five. Uh my next one up was uh, the sword and sandals Conan the Barbarian excellent I love that movie uh, it was it was great uh, Arnie his accent worked worked great for him in this uh, James Earl Jones in it it was Sandal Bergman oh yes oh she was hot <laughs> <laughs> here's a director uh, who who was basically from the same school as Lucas uh, Cole I believe Coppola um who else? It was a little school. Scorsese. Yeah, Scorsese, um, Lucas. Um, and and John, this was John Melius. He did a few other things before, mostly writing. Um, and Conan, uh, man, it was great. Uh, I I wish he continued doing things after that. Didn't see much um, from him after after Conan, at least as a director. Thought it was really really well done. Uh, great great translation of the uh, source material. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed with the follow-up, Conan the Destroyer, but... I love Conan the... I, I actually, I different. like Conan the Destroyer better than well, I Well, see, do. no, there were, there were parts of it that were good, like Grace Jones. Oh, I love Grace Jones. But uh, <laughs> um, I, I had some Olivia issues Dabble. with it. I had some issues with it. But the, this one here was an almost perfect, for me, adaptation uh, from, like, the Savage Sword of Conan, the magazine yeah. that I, I used to buy all the time. And it was... It was brilliant. Cool. Uh, number three, I had First Blood, Rambo. Great. Um, are we going to be talk, talk, talking about that, that one later? Or? No, we can talk about it now. Alrighty. Uh, shot in Hope, BC. Yeah. Um, yeah, Spencer Stallone, great job in this. Uh, David Caruso was in it too. Yeah, it's one of the... <laughs> but, uh, not Brian Dennehy. Yeah. <laughs> Richard, uh, Richard Crenna, Crenna. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was great, and uh, it worked really well with the scenery and everything too. And well, I think what's really cool about it is that I mean, this is so not a movie that I would like, and I love this movie. It it is really really good. It has a good story. It has great action. Um, it's got great characterization. You know, Brian Dennehy, um, he's he's you know, I'm throwing the air quotes here. He's the bad guy in the movie, but he's really not that bad. Um, you know, he thinks he's doing the right thing in the beginning of the movie. It's his deputies that get carried away and push Rambo over the edge kind of thing. And, and he's sort of trying to clean up the mess as best he can, even though he's a little bit, you know, stringing the banjo a little bit. Um, <laughs> you, but you know what I mean? Like, there's there's no there's no real... Um, he's not a complete black hat, you know? They're, mm-hmm. And I like that about this movie. And, and none of the characters are completely good or bad. I mean, Rambo... You know, you're you're cheering for him and everything else, but he's really not handling the situation the best way he possibly could either. <laughs> yeah, uh, Krenna comes in and he's great. You know, he has this understanding of Rambo, and um, it, it's just it's just a great movie, and it really kind of opened up 
a new franchise for Stallone, unfortunately, because I really think that it 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 it, it nosedived after oh, this directly after this. Yeah. But um, no, I I think it, it it is a great film and just yeah one of one of the better yeah. films of eighty two absolutely. Um and yeah and it was uh, pretty much an all uh the sure there was a lot of action a lot of uh bloodletting but there were no deaths in it that i recall i know he hurt somebody really bad with that little punji stick thingy bob but well, uh, not a lot of on-screen deaths but yeah there is a body count uh does he actually kill anybody though yeah i don't think he does i, I thought he did really yeah. i'm gonna have to rewatch it again but i thought I, for sure i watched it last night <laughs> oh well then I'm going to have to bow to your more recent watching until I watch it and prove you wrong anywho at which point it'll be moot (laughs) next (laughs) next up I have uh, Cat People okay let's save that one for later yes we were going to save this one because I already knew this was going to be on Alan's (laughs) top five list Uh, but again yeah just, just narrowly missed out on my top five uh, and my my uh, top one of my of my good ones was E.T., which we've already talked about. Uh, yeah, it was eighty-two was such a good year for so many well, good movies. We've talked about it, but we haven't talked about it. I mean, the, the 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 synopsis is, of course, everybody knows. You know, a lost alien on Earth finds a little boy. They become mm-hmm. friends and. And protectors and, and, and whatnot. They eat candy and, and hide in closets with other stuffed animals. But I mean, it 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 speaks to so much more than that. I mean, it it talks about you know the 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 breakdown of that of the family that was happening at that point. Um, the fear of the unknown. The friendship. Yeah. Um, it just there's so many elements to this movie, and it hits everything dead on. Like this movie. I mean, I don't care who you are. You're going to sit down and you're going to watch E.T. and you're going to be a sniveling little bitch by the end of it. Yes, I was so sad and I was trying not not to cry out loud oh, in the theater. You cry, and okay, spoiler time. If you haven't seen E.T. yet, like, okay, just shut things off and go watch it now because, like, you're incomplete as a human being. But um, <laughs> you cry when fucking E.T. dies. You cry when he comes back to life. You cry when he goes home. Like, you know, it just, when you think that you're, done and you're dried out they fucking <laughs> squeeze more out of you like yeah i would have to say this is uh one of spielberg's masterworks oh um, one of them are, i'm saying i'm okay are, 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 are no, you are you gonna I, counter I, things I, here okay, yes cool, i am cool. gonna play wear the bat the, cool. the black hat in this conversation i have to boycott et um you just brought up a, a masterwork so if da vinci painted the mona lisa what if he painted a, uh, a mustache on it 20 years later? Do you think he'd still enjoy uh, it? No, we're talking about 1982. The no, film that well, came out in I, 1982. I, I know, but... I have the DVD in, out in the living room. It's got the 1982 edition, and it's got the what was right, the 2001 but, release. But Spielberg yeah. has said that his... his the same could re- be said about Star Wars, though, oh, man. Uh, well, oh, yeah, I, I, mean, I do Lucas have is... a lot to say about the special editions. <laughs> just wait, just wait. But, um, oh... Sickening to to uh, destroy a, a perfect movie with with some really sloppy uh, edits and and even cut out the best line, penis breath. Oh, they cut out that the the terrorist reference. 
Um, they got rid of the guns and put in flashlights. And no, I, I agree with you that you know you don't fuck with something that is already fucking perfect. I, I you have you have me in complete agreement. Yes. But I'm talking about the ET the ex- that, that yeah. we grew From up with 1982, in 1982. 1982. That I agree. movie was yes. a masterpiece. Oh, exactly. And and a little known fact is they were going to make a sequel. And that was would just be wrong. ET two Nocturnal Dreams. I'm not making this up. It was going to be called, or no, old Jeep, Nocturnal Fears. Um, The the original, the the original script. (laughs) It it already has such the like ET, the extra testicle. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they. uh, It was originally going to be about an autistic boy who befriends an alien, and uh, Hmm. it evolved into sort of more of a. regular kid yeah. who who mm. beats ET with you know D Wallace Stone was uh was the divorced mom and... who was awesome in it she was great in it yeah mm-hmm. um it had a, uh, Spielberg dropped a lot of things I like, you were mentioning earlier about poltergeist and the suburban um aesthetic i mean i grew up at the time in a, in just the same court, sort of suburb and it, and it was very easy to 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 Get into that movie because you, mm-hmm. you, you, you it could be you. I mean, he had Star Wars toys. They'd be showing ET. It was so perfectly. Yeah, weird. and like and, and myself too. Like, yeah, I lived on a little crescent cul cul de sac area, and there was a little wooded area right up behind me. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's what happened to me. Another mm-hmm. way, another thing Spielberg did was he he didn't release he he filmed in chronological order, which a lot of people don't do um he wanted genuine uh feelings emotions from the actors when when the events unfolded um that had never you know i think it captured a lot of i mean that's that's why the audience was so captivated by it mm-hmm. um did you know john say originally john sales was was tapped to direct this get the fuck out no i'm not making this up i don't think it would have been the same movie no, no not at all no. uh yeah, imagine John Sales directing E.T. It would be so meditative and <laughs> <laughs> the return of the Secaucus alien. Um, <laughs> also, going to bring up um, Spielberg's direction of children. I mean, Henry Thomas is amazing in this. Um, Drew Barrymore. This was this was her first big her first big thing too, and these kids are great. Like you know, they're not the traditional annoying child actor that are yeah. you know that is is so big with everything um he worked with these kids to the point that you know you you felt as though you were watching some genuine emotion happening on the screen mm-hmm. and well uh, didn't he get them to cry by telling them like sad things too like uh think of your dog that's dying and shit like that you've got your mother trapped in the car and there's a bomb strapped to it <laughs> cry bitch cry like, no I don't know. It just he he just he did a really good job, and I mean he, I mean you still hear those kids talk about Spielberg and their experience making that film, and it it was one of the best times of their lives. They they felt as though they were being treated as peers. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, he he found a way to relate to them that that they understood, and and he he got these really amazing performances out of them. Uh, he he mentions in his biography that it was uh he he used his parents divorce in the in the mid 60s as sort of uh that's where he was coming from. He wanted to do a story uh a similar story and 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 capture the feelings he felt. And um I think it's a really good Absolutely. Story. I mean, you get you get all that sense of loneliness and and uncertainty and 
and everything else and and you know the 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 arrival of et brings all of this um um hope and change he's like he's like a little alien obama Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. What else you got for us there, Mark? That was my top five, or my oh, sorry, not it? my top five. That was my good five. Okay. So it's up to you now, sir. Up to me. All right. Um, my first one is the entity. I love this movie. I love this movie. This was with uh, Barbara Hershey and Ron Silver. Barbara Hershey plays a uh, single mother raising her three kids. And is nocturnally raped by a ghost. I remember. Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> I remember this movie. And yeah, uh, didn't didn't it uh, didn't it follow her? Yeah. Around? Well, yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be. It's, it's based I've thrown, on a... thrown the air quotes here. Based on a true story. Um, yeah, but I just I I don't know. I love this movie. I still love this movie. I think Barbara Hershey. She gives such a great performance in this film. She's so convincing. Um, it's, and it's kind of the opposite of Poltergeist, where you have you know these ghosts that are trying to kidnap this little girl because she's this living force kind of thing, and mm-hmm. and and then with this one you've got this ghost who's just a fucking pussy hound, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so that was my number five. Um, my number four, which we've already talked about, is uh, First Blood. Mm-hmm. Um, number three was uh, Shoot the Moon. Uh, anybody seen this? Um, no. This is an no. Alan Parker film with Albert Finney and Diane Keaton and Peter Weller. Um, Keaton and Weller are a married couple who break up. She ends up um, dating Peter Weller. He's um, He actually hooks up with Karen Allen. But it's more done from the kids' perspective. It's really about how divorce really fucks these kids up. And it just... Um, I think we were probably... My family was probably going through similar stuff at that point or had just gone through really similar stuff. And it hit home. Like, it was mm-hmm. dead on in its portrayal of just how divided you feel in, in those circumstances. And it, it just... It, it broke my heart. It was it was a great movie. I'm really glad I didn't see it. Because 82 was the year that my parents yeah. split up. You should and try it, and go back and, and it, find it. Cause it, it and it destroyed me. Yeah. Oh. So. Well, mine did in, my parents did in 86. And all I had to relate to is... Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> so, okay, um, my number two is kind of a tie because they're both musicals here. Um, Victor Victoria and the best little whorehouse in Texas. I know you guys have been waiting for me to say it. <laughs> oh yeah, Texas has a whorehouse in it. Texas has a whorehouse in it. Lord have mercy on our souls. Texas has a whorehouse in it. Lord have mercy on our souls. I fucking love the best little whorehouse in Texas. Uh, also I, known as the best little chicken ranch in Texas. Where, where did that come not. from? Because it's well, it's because it's based on the chicken ranch in Las Vegas and blah blah blah, blah all that crap. But this is just so much fun. It's Burt Reynolds and Dolly Parton playing the sheriff and madam in, in this small town who end up becoming the um, subject of a lot of um, public speculation when um, a reporter played by Dom DeLuise comes to town to sort of do an expose on all of this. It is so sweet and so charming and funny and it's got great music. I was just going to say it has some great music it in it. It does, you know. Um if if you're if you're really a hard and true listener of Whitney Houston's I will always love you. No, go back and watch The Best Little Whorehouse. I can't it's listen to the... Dolly Parton sing that song without crying. Uh and I love the clap thing about it. <laughs> I I will let you know 
I, I am Alan's roommate, and I have heard him listen to the soundtrack <laughs> quite a bit before, months before we were even going to be doing the 1982 episode. I enjoy it. It really, I, I love that little bitty pissant country place. Ain't nothing much to see. <laughs> no drinking allowed. <laughs> I love it. I just love it. So that's where I am. And we talked about Victor Victoria earlier. It's, it again, another great musical uh, comedy a lot of fun and my number one is uh, the Draftman's Contract anybody? anybody? no um, Greenway? yeah this is an early uh, Peter Greenway film probably the first one that really kind of had a more well a closer to traditional narrative that, that we would be used to he did a lot of short films and uh, documentaries prior to this but this guy I love his films this man is truly an artist mm-hmm. he um Oh, he just there's he makes films that are so visually impactive and um, just beautiful to look at even when they're being absolutely disgusting and and gross mm-hmm. they're still beautiful like he's he's got I love this guy's mind he just he makes incredible films um, if you feel a little experimental try and track it down it is a really really fun watch mm-hmm. and that's, that's my good, good. That, that's good isn't that? Yes, it is. <laughs> okay, so let's uh, kick off the bad with Mark. Um, my bad technically aren't really bad. They're more of a guilty pleasure for me. Because um, I've got I've got Pia Zadora in oh. there. Bastard! And uh, not quite the best actress in the world. What are you talking about? Did you see The Lonely Lady? But... She took it in the cooch with a fucking garden hose for that movie, man. <laughs> uh, but um, there were many, 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 many hours spent alone in the basement with that movie Butterfly. Um, <laughs> oh, man. And I have never been as jealous of a man as I was of Robert Carradine. How about Stacy Keach? State, oh, which one? Where? Stacy Keach was with her in Butterfly. Oh, wasn't it Robert Carradine? What, what am I thinking of then? <laughs> I don't know, but you spent oh. that many hours in the basement to it. I, really I wasn't watching the. You, uh, I wasn't watching the I guy. Think you might have uh, shuffled off a brain cell or two there. <laughs> I wasn't watching the guy. <laughs> uh, the only thing, the only thing comparable to that would be like Brian Brown with uh, uh, what's her name in uh, the Massage. Oh, Mimi Rogers? Yeah, that's it. Uh, that's what I like about Mark. He's, you know, he's the original Benjamin Button, a 12-year-old in a 60-year-old's body. <laughs> Shut your hole. Uh, I, I hit you. If he's I still in his booby phase. It's really sad. What? <laughs> I said he's still in his booby phase. It's really sad. I will always be in my booby phase. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh Another another bad thing that I that I had in this uh, in this one here is there were too many good movies to choose from. Yeah, <laughs> like like how do you choose from all these? Like 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 Brimstone and Triacle. I didn't actually have that in my in my list. Yeah, it's a great movie. But yeah, it was fantastic. And Sting's uh, what was it, his first performance as, as an um, actor? Dune come before or after this? Dune oh, but he was in Quadrophonia. Yeah, he was. He was a brief role in that movie. Yeah. Okay, uh, uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Like, 
Are these bad movies? No, I'm saying like they're they're too many good movies. <laughs> like, <laughs> so that's bad. Like, like yeah, because uh, these these movies didn't make either my top five or my good list. Uh, yeah, Man from Snowy River, Swamp Thing, yeah, Dude. Barbarossa, Beastmaster. This is this is my list that started <laughs> off my top five. There's that's, 25 titles here. That's that's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, too many good movies. That's bad. It's usually pretty easy to pick a top five from from any given year, but yes, this is. one here, yeah, I had to cross some out, and it's like it was sad. <laughs> um, I've only got three things in my bad thing, and then the next one is National Lampoon's Class Reunion. Oh, it is no shh, listen, uh, not the best acted, but I. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I've got that on DVD. Uh, Blackie Dammit as the uh, as the sister brother. Oh God, God, that was funny shit. I love it when they ask Shelly Smith whether or not she actually gave the guy a hand job or not. She's like, Oh no no no, it overdevelops your forearm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh oh yeah, sorry, but um, uh, it's that time of the month. Oh really. I like, going into the, I, love, uh, I love Iris the possessed chick too who or, not, or she wasn't Iris it was Dolores the possessed chick who fucking blew the big fucking fire out of her mouth and made a hole in the wall and fucking Stephen what's his name Stephen Christ or whatever comes up behind her and says um, can you do that out your ass and she's like you wish <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie that fucking movie is hilarious oh yeah there there were so many so many funny bits in it but yeah it was uh, it was the lowest common denominator funny, but yeah, again, I I liked it a lot, which is like a guilty pleasure of mine. And yeah, uh, I I only saw it again uh, uh, two years ago. Yeah. yeah, I really wish I would see it again. I didn't realize you had the DVD of it. Oh yeah, or oh, else yeah. it would have been, or else it would have been rewatched. <laughs> what What do you think happened with National Lampoon? I mean, they 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 came out with a bunch of great movies in the early well late 70s early 80s and mm-hmm. and now they just slap their trade well it's now oh, yeah. a trademark isn't it that they just yeah. slap on, yeah, on it, a, uh, a movie oh yeah I, i've tried watching some of their uh, recent releases oh it's awful uh horrible yeah. i would i would probably say that it's a lot like marvel where you know they didn't want to be um run by somebody else so they you know they're taking their own entitlement but by doing that they pull themselves sort of out of the main system like so you don't end up with stuff like National Lampoon's Vacation and stuff like that you end up with National Lampoon's like what are some of those Seven Deadly Sins or Man Wilder (laughs) (laughs) so yeah they yeah they they really kind of blew it at some point but they have diluted their 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 name too far how about you Ross what do you got for the bad Oh, boy, do I have a good one for you. Um, if you go on YouTube, you can um, actually watch this whole movie. It's, uh, I guess it's public domain. It's called The Man Who Saved the World. And um, it's also known as Turkish Star Wars. <laughs> um, if you ever have a, a, a if, you're having, if you have some friends together and uh, you're having a sort of a boring night, nothing else to do, put this on. Great times ensue. A just incredibly such a mess of a movie basically um back in the back in the day uh, turkey did not have access to mainstream hollywood films so this was a bootlegged version brought into uh 
Turkey, and uh, the director decided to intersperse clips of Star Wars with uh, terrible costume actors doing <laughs> karate and kung fu. There's actually two actors. In fact, the, the two actors were uh, well-known Turkish actors, <laughs> if there is such a thing. And um, the director had no clue what he was doing when he was interspersing. I mean, you could actually attempt to make a fairly straightforward movie with 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 scenes of Star Wars here and there but and this guy messed it up he he put the the two heroes driving tie fighters against the the bad guys who drove the x-wing fighters so basically it was it was a total opposite of, of what the movie is about um, well he was trying to get so around the copyright. End, the bad guys win man I, I don't know the end the end was sort of like a kung fu challenge of course they crash at um, about half an hour into the movie oh it, there's a lot of other weird stuff uh, it was all about mind uh, using your mind and and using your mind to defeat the defeat evil in the it, it was oh man it was, about, it, it was the longest longest opening dialogue that i ever seen in a, like you know the opening crawl in star wars yeah. this fucking thing went 20 to 30 minutes of not of just ex uh, exposition. Exposition. It was crazy. <laughs> now the two the two heroes they crash their tie fighters, uh, of course, on a desert planet. It looks like Turkey, and uh, <laughs> of course they go into a bar and you see some. Uh, then you got the cantina scenes and and what have you. Great movie though. Uh, check it out. So did they edit out like Alec Guinness and and Mark Hamill and all most, those guys? Most of the most of the scenes that they use from Star Wars are the spaceship battles and the alien uh, cantina scenes, um, and those scenes are used. I, at least I counted some scenes were used ten to fifteen times. And you have a uh, the the two main characters when they're driving around in their spaceships. They would basically it looked like they were in a a dark basement somewhere with uh, motorcycle helmets, and you would see in the background somebody playing the film projector of Star Wars. And, you know, of course, once again, you could actually attempt to make something passable for uh, using Star Wars uh, snippets from Star Wars. But these guys were. This one guy was supposed to be just driving along, and you'd see the hyperspace scene in the background going backwards. They would be the the film wasn't even running forwards; it was going backwards. And he's talking to his friend, and his friend would be his friend would be driving the other spaceship, but it would be attacking the Millennium Falcon, which had nothing to do with the. I mean, I'm reading too much into this movie. I, I know, but. I, I, I would love it. to know what they had to pay for licensing because, I mean, fucking Lucas well, won't even give out iPhone app licensing now. So. The most sought-after <laughs> Star Wars toys are the Turkish Star Wars <laughs> action figures. And if you, look, if you look it up online, these came out about in the late 80s, I believe. You had Blue Stormtrooper, and uh, all the characters were slightly off. Yeah. different colors and such so that they didn't have and the and the package of the toy package didn't have the pictures from the movie it had basically you had uh one of the you basically had a shot of the action figure doing something and you look it up online it is it is a laugh crazy riot great stuff too funny um I also have two movies, two sequels which which would just boggle my mind of why they came out I have death wish 2 um why? Yeah, hadn't Death he already Wish killed and everybody? Death Wish 4. Now, but it got up to 5, did it not? Yeah. We talk about Rocky. I mean, uh, I could see a sequel being made of Rocky. I mean, there mm -hmm. you go. He could go on and, and fight some other guys. 
Like uh, I, even Rambo could, you could you could sort of pass a sequel off for Rambo, which of course happened and became a franchise. Why? Who thought of making Death Wish a, a, a franchise? Chuck just, Bronson did. That's who thought well, of it. <laughs> of course, I Death need some Wish, money. Ten years earlier, made a ton of money, and uh, it's just it, it just I just found what are they going to do to this character in in Death Wish? Who's going to get knocked off? His it, it got to the point where his his third cousin removed was getting killed, and he had to go on his little vigilante uh, <laughs> adventures. Well, wasn't there an actual subway vigilante going around New York around this time as well? Yeah. Um, so maybe that kind of propelled, or you know, maybe I believe thought... that was later though. In the late, it was uh, mid eighties. Uh, oh, was it okay? Uh, what was his name? Bernard. Bernard Getz. Bernard yeah, Getz. Getz. Yeah, yeah, that I think that was eighty late eighty four that uh, that started. Yeah. Or well, it didn't wasn't yeah. <laughs> Bernie Getz. That was it. Just once, but um, the other sequel, which I couldn't fathom, which was okay. I mean, I enjoy it, but it, it goes on my bad list. Was Airplane Two? Or yeah, I mean, here's a here's a the first movie was fantastic, and it and brilliant. it built fun, yeah. fun of basically the airport series. Which now is falling into its own pitfall of of a sequel. Why make a sequel of, of why make Airplane Two? Well, of course, the first one did did very well, but then it becomes a you know sort of you're wondering, well, isn't that what they were making itself, fun of? Yeah. Airplane Two is on my is on my ugly list. Like Airplane Two is a piece of shit. Like it is unfunny. Like there, there's just there's nothing funny about it. Um, I kind of like the space shuttle part of it. There might be some good ideas, but they were not executed. Like it just—it is a piece of crap. It, it's unfunny. I remember—I remember going to see this in the theater and just sitting there, going like, "When's well, it gonna get funny?" Well, mm-hmm. well, finally, I've got um, the the last one I have is once again using old footage and doing a crappy editing job. It's just even worse than Turkish Star Wars. At least Turkish Star Wars is entertaining. Trail of the Pink Panther. What is going on there? That's my ugly list too, dude. <laughs> oh, let's slap together some some scenes from from uh, previous previous movies and and, some, and scenes that hadn't been used prior, and an attempt to tell a story. Get, Just get, get awful. David Niven, who's too sick to even talk, that they have to bring somebody else yeah. in to come in and dub his voice. Yeah, like at that point, why bother? Obviously, you know everybody everybody is either dead or nearly there that you <laughs> want in the production. Like what the fuck? You yeah. Know, when did Peter Sellers die? He was dead in nineteen eighty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like he he'd been dead and for two Herbert years before Lom they did this. Just died. Uh, he died as well, and David Niven shortly after. Well, yeah, but David Niven couldn't speak. Like they couldn't use his voice. Rich Little yeah. came in and, and dubbed. Well, that's right. Yeah. David Rich Niven's Little. voice. Like it. It was. It was. And it was. And I can't believe this is the same year that Blake Edwards did Victor Victoria. He did this piece of shit. Like talk about working well, both ends of the fucking spectrum. <laughs> I think Blake Blake Edwards had a commitment with MGM to to produce another Pink Panther movie. There's there's no other explanation. Well, and one more after that too. He did the one Curse with, of the Pink. Yeah, Panther. the year after but with Ted was, At least yeah, but he, at least it was a new actor. They and were attempting to go. Well, yeah, but they were at least attempting to go forward with it and not dredge up stuff that it was basically you know those terrible shows that used to come out all the time for every television series there'd be the best of show where you'd see all these mm-hmm. clips from the lot that's what Trail of the Pink Panther felt like. Yeah. No, it was it was brutal. It was brutal. Um, so my bad list. Yeah. 
Okay, first up, I have Francis Ford Coppola. This is a guy who should know his limitations. He, the, after the fiasco that was um, the making of Apocalypse Now, he should have known that he needs a strong, firm producer to make his films. And instead, he decided to go it alone and make um, One from the Heart, which started out as a $2 million romantic uh, musical and ended up being a $26 million disaster. Um, it, it's not a bad movie. Like, I do really, really enjoy this film. It's with um, Frederick Forrest, uh, Terry Gard, Nastasia Kinski, and Raul Julia. And it's um, wall-to-wall music of uh, Tom Waits and Crystal Gale. But they rebuilt everything is done on a soundstage. Everything, yeah. like he recreated Vegas um, streets. He created the Vegas airport, including a runway. Yeah, rebuilt an airplane. Like I mean, hmm? th- th- this budget rolled completely, completely out of control. It was his it, heaven's gate. It was. It yeah. it, mm-hmm. it destroyed American Zostrope, his his yeah. his studio. It it bankrupted him, and he had to work quite a few years to start p- to pay off the debt that this movie incurred. And after spending twenty six million dollars on the film, it ended up making about three hundred thousand in theaters. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. That's a bit of a not the biggest flop of the year, though. Surprisingly. Yeah. But um, (laughs) but you know, yeah. So on my bad list is Francis Ford Coppola. You know, just he's an amazing filmmaker, and like I said, it's not a bad movie. But the man needs to know his limitations. Also on my list, I had Butterfly. Yeah, which I love. Don't get me wrong, I love this movie, but I know it's bad. <laughs> um, also on this list, I have Grease too, um, a very unnecessary sequel, but at least we got Michelle Pfeiffer out of the deal and a great song. A cool writer. Reproduction. No, cool writer. <laughs> Reproduction. Cool writer. <laughs> I can honestly say I have never watched this. Well, you're a lesser for it. You should you should really expose but, yourself. It's like get, a chicken pox. You have to expose yourself to it. But so that... <laughs> get ready to stab yourself in the ears. This was the movie that I bought the ticket for when I snuck in to go see Blade Runner. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to beat him with something. <laughs> okay. My number two is I don't know where I pulled this out of my ass. I've got the Chariots of Fire theme, which didn't even come out this year. But it must have still been annoying me. Oh, it, was, <laughs> it was everywhere. There was commercials. There was Anytime you turn on a sports t- mm-hmm. uh, show, there, that would play. Yeah. It was done endlessly. Yeah. And my number one on my bad list is Porky's. Not that I think that Porky's is an inherently bad film. No. But it brought the TNA comedy to the mainstream, and I think that it did not belong there. It belonged back in the drive-ins and on late-night Cinemax and HBO. Um, Well, it was Canada's number one best-making film up until two years ago with Bone Cop, Bad bad Cop. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and it it was directed by Bob Clark, who had done Black Christmas and went on to do A Christmas Story. That's right. (laughs) Like, so, like, how do you... Look at that resume and explain that, like, you know. But I enjoyed it, though. It it was my butterfly. 
Yeah, really? Lots of time in the basement. Really? There well, was well, enough wool in that movie to fucking knit a couple sweaters, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, holy... <laughs> but yeah, the peeping through the little holes in the shower room there. Yeah, I... I kind of enjoyed that too. Well, you had you had said so, I forget which film we we're talking about. And you said it was a lowest denominator. Yeah, the lowest common denominator. denominator. That's what Porky's is. Porky's is the lowest common denominator. Yeah, but it's still a lot of fun. My grandma took me to it. Like we, I <laughs> laughed my ass off. It what was did your grandma movie. think of it after that? Oh though? fuck, she loved it. We were all. Oh, okay. oh, you want to hear a story? We were staying the the, the night that she took me to this. What if I don't I even say think. No? Uh, you're hearing it anyhow. I don't even think my grandma and grandpa were married yet, and um. They t- we were camping, we were out at the beach, and as we were going to bed that night, I said to my grandma, none of that lassie stuff tonight, so we all get nice and settled into bed, and about ten minutes after lights out, you hear my grandma going, <laughs> <laughs> My grandma was cool. <laughs> see, uh, yeah, because see, I have a completely different recollection of my grandparents. Because they were, they were born at the turn of the century. <laughs> The last century, that is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my my grandmother would have had a heart attack if she I would know. have watched Porky's. No, my grandma's cool. She used to watch MTV with us and all the Friday the Thirteenth movies, and she was no, she she rocked. Um. So yeah, that's the bad. So let's go on to the ugly. Ugly. I'm gonna I'm gonna start the ugly since I got trumped on some of my other stuff. So, <laughs> but I think my ugly list is already half done too here. Um, yes, we mentioned the Trail of the Pink Panther already. Mm-hmm. Um, just a piece of shit. Zapped with fucking oh, Scott Bale and Willie Ames. What a piece of shit. Like, uh, I, I really got nothing more to say on it. I remember really wanting to go watch that because the trailer for it looked really good. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I just like, I got to go see this. Yeah. And yeah, then... That's exploding blouses. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, I think my mom brought it home one time. Uh, after it was out on video and yeah it wasn't that good yeah um also i had on my ugly list airplane 2 which we've already discussed and partners is my number two which we've already discussed but my number one is hanky panky how do you get gilda radner and gene wild gene wilder two great comedians and put them in a movie and consistently make bags of shit i mean this was a piece of crap um haunted honeymoon was a piece of crap in my opinion lady in red piece of crap but um but there there is no justification there's no kind words for hanky panky i wish that there were because i think kilda radner deserves a better legacy but mm-hmm. well let's let's go uh i'll just lead on leaning into another movie that totally raped the chemistry marty feldman malincom we were talking about yeah. earlier, slapstick of another kind yeah. Once again, man, what's going yeah. on? Yeah, How, even the name yeah. of the movie sounded kind yeah. of fun. How yeah. do you derail that far? Like, I mean, when you've got these people that are—I mean, Kilda Radner. Hmm. I'm sorry, this woman was incredible, and Gene Wilder—they were yeah. married together for God's yeah. sake. They had to have had some sort of chemistry. Mm-hmm. So how come every time you put them on screen together, it was like watching clay dry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I have never seen it, thankfully. But yeah, I, I agree with your Marty Feldman thing. Because he was a comic genius, and like especially like slapstick stuff, and how could slapstick be bad? But somehow they managed to do it. They do. Okay, Mark, you ready to throw some ugliness of 1982 at us? No, I'm not, because it's going to be Ross. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 
Man, I, I, as you might know, I, I'm really into uh, science fiction horror genres, and um, I felt this was the this was the beginning of a big crash for for both genres. Um, the, the 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 level of crap that came out uh, starting around this time and going for about ten years. I mean, by by the early '90s, it was basically that genre was regulated to straight to video bargain bin stuff like really we've only seen a resurgence in the last decade of, of both genres um so to, to, leading into that uh halloween three my god ugly stuff man oh! <laughs> ugly ugly because wasn't this halloween 3d or no, no that was friday the 13th oh, okay, halloween sorry. 3 is the one with the toy mask maker right it had nothing to do with um, the Michael Myers exactly. thing at all. That's what makes oh, it ugly. Okay. I mean, you take a, a great first two movies, Halloween, and uh, just totally derail it and do something totally like do something different. It, 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 I mean, why why slap Halloween on there? Well, the idea was that they wanted to turn the series into an anthology, and so that was the road that they were going to take so they did their their one and they did the obligatory part two and three was going to be the beginning of turning it into an anthology but hence the reaction that that you had was that the same as what most people had but it's not a it's not a terrible terrible movie no 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 it's just i i found it was more just blasphemy the uh the first two movies i mean come on you make a christmas movie and and what every movie can be labeled christmas after that and uh if even as an anthology i mean they took halloween <laughs> and they you can't do that i mean it, it was destined for failure i think mm-hmm. I, I i i agree with you that it, it shouldn't have been under the halloween banner but i i think that there's so much worse oh we're gonna get to this. <laughs> <laughs> well um i mean Mark probably found some Spankathon uh, material in the next one, Paradise. Do you remember that as a kid? Oh, that's Willie oh. Ames and Phoebe Cates. Yes, uh, trapped on Total the desert island. Total rip off of Blue Lagoon. Ah, uh, yes, I remember this, but uh, actually not much because there was uh, uh, wasn't there like uh, like her hair. Ooh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, that was Brooke Shields, man. Uh, yeah. oh, okay, Lagoon. sorry. No, this was uh, this this was the full Monty for both of them. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, mm. I have um, Q the Serpent, starring um, a great local actor by the name of Michael Moriarty, yes. who's actually probably down the street right now having a few drinks. This is a, this is a Larry Cohen <laughs> film. This is the guy who did the It's Alive series and and stuff like that. He he made a career out of making low budget horror films, and I like Q. <laughs> well, I I was really deceived. I I saw the movie poster and and uh, of course it looked nothing like the movie. Yeah. Um, the the special effects were really bland. <laughs> the blue screen was was used uh, quite a lot. I mean, they could have just projected Star Wars in the background, make it look better. <laughs> and. Um, the number one uh, ugly film, and this is really hard to find. You're gonna have to do a lot of searching for this. Is called Incon, Incon or Inchon? Inchon, I think. Inchon, Inchon? Yeah. yeah. It's not. Inchon was a movie by Terrence Young, who had produced, created a couple of James Bond movies in the, uh, um, I believe, Thunderball and Majesty's Secret Service. 
This starred Laurence Olivier and uh, quite a number. I have, let's see here, Jacqueline Bisset. Um, $40 million budget. And uh, here's the catch. It was produced by the Reverend Moon. Oh, that's why I heard about this. Yes, yes, yes. And um, basically, there is a lot of problems that went on with this movie. There is it was it was sort it was a very similar to Heaven's Gate. There was reshots or reshoots that would take millions and millions of dollars to do. I, I, I recall one shot was about. Um, the second unit director had had shot it all back, ass backwards, and so they had to reshoot it again. And there was something wrong with that one, so they tried to take the two shots and put them, mix them together, and it looked totally wrong. The first shots were totally not the same as the second, so they did it again, and it was millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. Um, did it ever get a, a, like a, a wide theatrical release? I don't. Um, it, it only lasted in theaters for I a couple of weeks, yeah. and it got a very limited release. Um, once they everybody got wind that Moon was behind it, Moon wanted to do a great. Uh, we wanted to do a doc a great human about the heart, and and he he was thinking of doing. Uh, I believe he wanted to do. I let me have it here. Um, he wanted to do a film with Elvis. Or Jesus. <laughs> this, these are the three. He wanted to do a biopic of either Elvis, Jesus, or psychic Gene Dixon. <laughs> but I, I, no, you never think that those three people would be all in one sentence. But Actually, yeah. I, and you know what? I think that the, the actual title is pronounced Icon. Icon. What? Yes, I think the N is silent. It's Icon. No, it's uh, Inchon. It's in. It's it's it's, it's 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 from the Korean War. Okay. Um, yeah, this is actually. Uh, it it made history, in fact, because it was uh, in nineteen. It was actually released uh, overseas in nineteen eighty one, and the very first Raspberry Awards, or for the uh, the Golden Raspberry, or the Razzies, uh, it literally swept the Razzies for everything. Worst picture, worst screenplay was nominated worst actor worst actor for Lawrence Olivier yeah well, Olivier at that point I, he come on boys from Brazil uh, <laughs> well he was having a little resurgence there uh, at the, I mean oh Marathon Man would probably be his resurgence and Little Romance but that was the late 70s yeah by then I mean boy what a mess very hard to find I don't think it's ever come out on video or DVD um, the I saw it mid '90s on um, one of the extended cable channels, and that was it. Yeah. it was very, uh, I think some people are 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 literally trying to keep this away from the viewing general <laughs> viewing. It made five million dollars in total worldwide. Uh, cost forty million to to make, um, but. People project. Some people say that it could have cost more, up to sixty-five to a hundred, over a hundred million dollars. Yeah, because uh, there were probably a lot of Moonies putting money into this. Yeah. Because uh, well, the Reverend Sun Young Moon there, he was quite influential. But uh, actually, nineteen eighty-two, I didn't put it into the. Uh, it happened in, but uh, he was sentenced to ten months in prison and uh, fined. Several hundred thousand dollars for tax evasion this year. Hmm. I wouldn't doubt if it was from this. 
<laughs> I saw one more on your list there that you didn't mention. Oh, well, I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking it came out a year later. Megaforce. I, it was on our list too. And, oh, yeah. Uh, but now that I think about it, um, I, I, the when I first saw it, or I saw a advertisement for it, I saw Grease Two and uh, Megaforce, and I, I was going in to see Star Trek Two, and uh, there was the Megaforce. Man, was that poster cool? Yeah. As a kid, man, it just okay, looked I, so awesome. I, I'm looking at the poster right now. I'm glad that you added that codicil as a kid. Uh, I, I remember going to this in the theater. I was jazzed, man. Uh, this was Barry Bostwick and Persis Kambata from the first uh, yeah. Star Trek movie. Yeah. And it was uh, it was a sci-fi action adventure futuristic thing. It looked like it was going to be a blast. And oh. I mean, not so much. And um, even the name, as a kid, Mega Force. Yeah. Thought this was this was going to be it. Right. This was, you know, we 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 couldn't wait three years for the next Star Wars Return of the Jedi coming out the next we wanted something now yeah. and and Megaforce and wow did this stink <laughs> <laughs> there has never been a superhero like Ace Hunter deeds not words but once again this this is this was the beginning of the end then we had uh, I think the next year there was that 3D movie uh, uh, which one with Molly <laughs> Ringwald it was uh, four, or four oh, uh, wow. God. There was a whole bunch of really bad movies on the in the same vein as Megaforce. It's really in the just Zone. yeah, Adventures that, that, that's in the, the subtitle. Um, um, oh, Jesus Christ! We'll have to remember Space Hunter. Space Hunter, you're right. And there is your yeah. Hunter of the Future. Just really, really, and and it totally turned off uh, this studios from 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 embracing anything i mean et was really and star trek too they're they're sort of holdouts i mean now now you look at the box office in the last few years and and it's 75 percent is is that genre yeah but this didn't help back then totally. <laughs> okay so ugly things up for us here mark <laughs> um we've already talked about butterfly that's on my ugly list um it's not ugly. It's I know it's very pretty, a lot of pretty, so much pretty. I enjoyed it. So <laughs> I'm ashamed to say how much I enjoyed that movie. Um, but yeah, next up I have uh, Jekyll and Hyde together again. Oh, oh. What a piece of shit! I, you know what? I that almost made my list. That all like yeah yeah. Um, that was oh well, who the hell was the main dude? Uh, Mark Blankfield. Uh, yeah, and who was the chick? Erica. Uh, no, there was Bess Armstrong. No, uh, Eric, uh, Krista Erickson. Krista Erickson. Yeah, she was on Hello Larry, and in Little Darlings, and she was in yeah. this. She was the oh, what the hell? She's got oh oh. There was a horrible, horrible joke that she was a part of. Something about she had a some. She had something trapped, something Asian trapped in her vagina or something like that, and it turned out to be an actual Asian gentleman. Oh, like it was just it was horrible. <laughs> like it was so bad. Uh, and it even had uh, Cassandra Peterson who plays Elvira, yeah. Mistress of the Dark, oh, in yeah. it. And uh, yeah, nothing could save this movie. Yeah, it was cocaine no. that turned him into Mr. Hyde. Yeah, well, it was a special powder. Yeah, yeah. that he made up in his lab. Yeah. But yeah, it it was bad. And oh, fuck, it was awful. Uh, imagine like yeah, uh, having a a movie released into the theater with a comedian that nobody really knows yeah. that much yeah. like and he's and he's your headliner yeah anyways uh well okay but to be fair eddie murphy 
was a comedian that not a lot of people had heard of that didn't watch Saturday Night Live, and he had the number seven movie of the year. All right, yeah, okay. But so you but take he was chances funny. and and and, yeah. and you get a payoff, <laughs> but I wasn't it. Yeah. Anyhow, my next up was the pirate movie. Shut oh, up! No, that was eighty-two. No. I love that movie. I have that on DVD. I love the pirate movie. Shut up! It's not ugly. It's not ugly. Bad, I'll give you, but it's not ugly. It's sort of like uh, I, I can't begin on this just, one. I I have the same. This is with uh, Christy McNichol yeah, and uh, it's, it's, Christopher it's, Atkins. I have yeah. the same sort of creepy fascination with it as I do with Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts. Club band. Club band. Yeah. I mean, these movies were just. I, I put it under bad as a guilty pleasure. Bad. Oh. I wouldn't say ugly. No. 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 Uh, then... Just for pumping and blowing alone. I love that song. <laughs> I probably have it on my computer right now. Just being. We've already talked about uh, the sword and the sorcerer. Uh, we can't say much more worse about that than we already have. Um, my number one here for ugly was Time Rider: The Adventure of oh. Lyle Swan. No, no, listen, <laughs> I, I really wanted to enjoy this. I loved it. When I, I was remember, a kid. I remembered the, the the trailer for it coming on the TV, and I was like, I've got to see this. I've got to see this. And I think part of the reason why it is in my ugly list is because I hyped myself up too much for yeah. it, and it did not deliver. I probably saw I probably in the double digits in seeing the show. Like I enjoyed the hell out of it. And I I like Fred Ward, like the lead and actor. The in chick, um, uh, Belinda Bauer. Yeah, Belinda Bauer. Yeah. No, I like I like the time. <laughs> that was that was almost gonna make my good list. Oh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> But yeah, I was so disappointed when I when, when I finally got to see it because yeah, it just did not live up to the hype. It was your mega force. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah. You know what's really hilarious is that like with our little lists here and everything, <laughs> we really you know like it, none of it's attacking like you know the the sort of Hollywood establishment. You know what I mean? Like none of us went after the toy or Firefox or you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, it's hilarious that we all have this sort of periphery second tier knowledge of 82 films like it's, it's kind of funny okay so that was the good the bad uh, and the did, ugly did of you think you're up in this already yes I did I did my first year oh that's right yeah, yeah because you get that getting yeah, shafted yeah so um that's it um let's carry on Now comes 
our favorite part, our, our five favorite films of 1982. Um, this is it. This is the cream of the crop. So what have you got for us, Mark? Well, let me take a guess. I'm going to say <laughs> The Sword and the Sorcerer and <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde together again. You are so close, sir. Oh. So close. Damn. But starting at number five. Actually, this whole list is just going to be just the titles because we've already talked about all of them. Uh, das Boot. Enough said. Uh, num- number four, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. The Wrath of Khan, Wrath of Khan. I thought it was The Wraith of Khan. I thought it was about that little ghosty thing. Ooh, shut it. Uh, number three, Poltergeist. <laughs> Really, I'm surprised that Poltergeist is in your is in your top five. Really, yeah. it, it scared the pants off me. I loved it. Cool. No, uh, I will. I will give that little air quotes. Directed by Toby Hooper. Okay. Um, number two and number one are interchangeable depending on the day. <laughs> uh, John Carpenter's The Thing, and Ridley Scott's awesome Blade Runner. Uh, Blade Runner itself, it. It changed the way that I watched movies. Like I, I went into it. You stopped using your eyes and using your ass instead. Uh, yes, is exactly it. I, <laughs> but no, it. Uh, I, I got I got more into the movies than I ever had before, watching Blade Runner because it was so, it was so. Deep, like it, uh, like the, the whole world that it that it made. It was, yeah, unlike anything I had seen before. Cool. That's it. Yeah, that's my top five. We talked about them all. What you got, Ross? I just figured. I just realized we never talked about Sophie's Choice. I know, dude. You know what? So much. Nineteen eighty-two was Sophie's Choice because (laughs) it it was twenty-five movies. I had to fucking ferret down to my top five. (laughs) I'm I'm pretty cruel and unusual. Pretty stuck on the same ones. Uh, I have Poltergeist number five. Um, it, the funny thing is, I I, I guess when I when I in, if I went back and saw myself in '82, I'd probably say E.T. was the was the best best movie I saw. Mm-hmm. A lot of these movies didn't really sort of catch on with me until later, until I could really appreciate them and and see the amount of effort and detail put into them. Poltergeist. Um, I still would have said the Blade Runner, even in '82. Was my favorite movie. No, I wasn't into it. In I wasn't. I totally really? didn't get it. No. Totally didn't. I was expecting Harrison Ford to be a Han, be Han Solo or Indiana Jones. Couldn't see him yeah. do anything but those. I, I so loved it. I, even then. I mean, look Which at Rutger Hauer's uh, monologue at the end of the movie. Didn't understand what the hell is he talking about, yeah. and eventually, I mean, it took. A, I, I started reading uh, Philip K. Dick. Mm-hmm. And then I started getting it. You know, I had to look at things a little differently. I mean, he he was a writer that really changed perceptions of of what science fiction was about. Mm-hmm. And I, I I'm I'm kind of sad to see it. he he died. I think the year yeah, the year, year this that year. year. And um, it, it's it's it would be kind of interesting to see what he would think of a lot of these movies that that are made. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, Scanner Darkly, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eternal Sunshine, uh, Total Recall, Total Recall. Lots of different movies. Uh, I'm sure he's. Good. There's a few right now in pre-production that they've got, and they're going to do redo Total Recall. I know. What? <laughs> anyway, um, what I'm at number 
Number four, I have Fast Times at Richmond High. Good call. Yeah. yeah. Great movie. Great. Something. I loved it. I can yeah. watch that still. I mean. I, I've watched it over and over again. It's like, uh, uh, you hear the you hear the little, um, who is it? Pizza guy. Oh, great. Well, okay. I mean, okay. Like you've got in the, in the, in the top 20 this year, you have Porky's, which is the antithesis of Fast Times. And you know, Fast Times. I'm is, surprised it's funny. not in the top 20. I know. I'm, so, yeah. I'm looking here for it. It's like, where is it? It's not there. But I mean, it, it's smart as well as being funny. It, it's talking about real issues. Um, a great fresh cast that actually look like teenagers, not 30-year-olds pretending to be teenagers. Oh, Porky's was terrible for that, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, amazing soundtrack. It was number 29 oh. uh, in, in grossing movies. I, mean, I, I I think I like mall movies. I like Dawn of the Dead. I, I love that nostalgic mall that you can't see anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean... Fast Times had the same. I mean, unfortunately, that mall isn't around. I mean, the Monroeville Mall is still still standing, but this mall was torn down uh, about five six years ago, and and you must have liked it because they did a couple scenes in a, a record De- store. There was a Debbie Harry cutout. There man. was a Debbie <laughs> Harry cutout, and there were several girls that were dressed up as Pat Benatar. Actually, we used the Pat Benatar clip yeah. on one of the episodes of uh, Permaphobia. At the beginning, and then, oh, after I went to the Pat Benatar concert, there was an arcade, and there yeah. was an old time movie theater. It's not one of these huge monster Silver City kind of things that you get now. Yeah. I mean, this, these were little cool little yeah. theaters. And this is what we did when we were kids. We'd yeah. go hanging out at the mall, and um, mm-hmm. I thought it was great. Uh, Conan number three. Um, we've already talked I, about. I, it. I can't tell you how how many times I've actually watched Conan or Fast Times. Actually, like I've I've watched them all. Uh, Double digits, yeah. easy. Yeah, not a huge Conan fan, but uh, number two is Garp. World according to Garp. Uh, Unfortunately, I've only seen that like once or twice, and I really want to see it again. I'm uh, not really into uh, dramas and sort of character-driven movies, but I, I, I wish Robin Williams didn't get stuck into sort of that. Um, no, no, no. Um, it, but what's really cool about uh, Garp is that it it has that kind of really offbeat sensibility, and I mean it's not it's not belly laugh funny at any point. It's yeah. very um, it's it it's smile. the absurdity of the situation kind of thing, or um, yeah, like you said, you know, it finds little ways to just kind of right. get around and the corners of your mouth. Williams is pretty. He, he holds back a lot. Like oh, he doesn't absolutely. do his he doesn't do his usual That's crazy. That's why I loved him in this. Yeah, I mean, he you, wasn't mad. I, I mean, he didn't really do this again for another twenty years. Then he did um, one hour photo and insomnia. He uh, started he did, to um, try um, different things. Millennium Man. As well, where he played the the android. Yeah, this is that's well bicentennial. Oh, bicentennial yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah, the bicentennial. But uh, yeah, but by then. Uh, People were so used to him being like the genie, or or mm-hmm. or just one of these many characters where he just rapid fire manic, manic. Yeah, but but I don't know. I don't know because he did Awakenings, he did um, Patch Adams, uh, <laughs> Fisher King. But um, oh, Fisher King, he was he, that was Robin Williams in character, totally. Yeah, he he was. But I, but I think a lot of the times, I think when we hear Robin Williams, we think, good morning, Vietnam, you yeah. know, and it's yeah. that kind Com- of, you know, completely. that, you know, yeah. and it, that, I don't like that Robin Williams. No, I like no. this Robin Williams. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Number one, I really didn't like it when it came out. Star Trek Two, Wrath of Khan. My parents wouldn't take me to it. They thought it was too violent. Yeah, I saw the first one, but <laughs> there, I guess they read some review somewhere that there was there maybe scenes of violence or something. Um, so I didn't get to see it for. I didn't get to see it really. I don't think I saw it in the theaters. I didn't sneak out to it. But I, 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 be, I once again, I, I remember seeing it the first time, twenty years ago, more than that now, and kind of was waiting for the, the special effects, not really the characters. Mm-hmm. And after what well, after yeah, that was, repeated that was viewings, too. too. That's the one with Kirstie Alley, too, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that was that was me as well, too. I was waiting for. The big special effects that I that, that that all my friends at school had told me were in it, no. and yeah, I didn't get to see it until a couple of years after as well. But I, I I like it more for the story now and and, and the direction that, that it was so unlike uh, what we'd seen before in Star Trek. Very cool. So that's your it. top that's five. Yep. A great list, sir. Thank you. <coughs> I don't have Blade Runner though. <laughs> it was number six. All right, we have my top five. Well, number five, Poltergeist. We've all been there, done that. Yeah. Uh, number four, ET. I think we've all uh, we've, <laughs> we've all confessed to being members of the ET fan club. Um, number three, Francis. This wow. movie is fucking devastating. Jessica Lange um, plays the actress Francis Farmer, who spends most of her life in and out of mental institutions yeah. because her mother can't manage her. Um, she's not mentally unfit by any stretch of the imagination, but because of the times, women's rights, all that kind of stuff, um, she really doesn't have any control over her own life. Outside forces do, and it culminates uh, to horrific, horrific, horrific um, scenes inside of mental institutes. It uh, will break your heart. It's a great movie, and just Lang deserved the Academy Award for her performance in it. Uh, not number- Blue Sky, though. <laughs> oh, what the fuck, right? Like, what the fuck? You've seen yeah. Francis? Um, a long time ago. Yeah. Very, I don't remember much, but after hearing this, yeah. I want to see it again. Yeah, it's yeah. such it's such a great film. It's her and Sam Shepard. Um, Kim Stanley plays her mother. It's just a great movie. Uh, number two, one of my all time favorite comedies came out this year: Eating Raoul. This was uh, written and directed by Paul Bartel. Stars Paul Bartel, Mary Warnov, and uh, why am I blanking on his name now? You Star Trek people should know. Robert Beltran. Oh, yeah. That's right. And um, Chakotay. Yeah. This was about a a very straight-laced couple living in an apartment building. They dream of opening their own restaurant. He works in a uh, liquor store, and she's a nurse. And they're they're in a date. they're, they're, They're... their sensibilities are very offended by the way the swingers are taking over their apartment building. Mm-hmm. So they take matters into their own hand as well as their frying pan and start bashing them on mm-hmm. the head and stealing their money. And Raul is a security specialist who comes in to refit their locks who ends up taking care of the corpses for them and ends up becoming a big, big obstacle for them. This is very dark but light comedy. Like, I have you ever seen... Once again, long time ago, uh, I think late 80s on video. Oh, love this movie. Love this movie. It cracks me up. Edie McClurk has a really small part of it, part at, in this uh, big swinger party part. Party. That fucking just cracks me up. And my number one, 
this is this is this is this is the movie this is the kind of movie that made me the person i am this, these were my formative years and i'm watching incest and mutilation and um Best transformations house in texas no cat people dude <laughs> oh yes that's uh, right I cat people that. cat people i love cat people i can sit and watch cat people and recite passages through of this movie uh Nastasia kinski is um she is Irina. She's so feline and so ethereal and um, just really, really transcends all conventions. Well, this was a remake, too. Wasn't yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. The original's uh, a great film, too. 1942. 1942, yeah. yeah. Um, Malcolm McDowell Malcolm plays McDowell. her brother, Paul, who um, is a little bit more in the know of what the situation is and isn't being too forthcoming. Um, John Hurd plays the guy that she falls in love with but can't be with. And Annette O'Toole, again, who was in 48 yep. Hours, is uh, in this as well as Ed Begley Jr., an early appearance by John Larroquette, written, or not, I don't know if it was written by, but it was definitely directed by Paul Schrader, who uh, had done it. Yeah, and uh, written by DeWitt Bodine and Alan Ormsby. Okay. Uh, Paul Schrader had um, written a lot of stuff for uh, Martin Scorsese's, including Taxi Driver Ooh. and Last Temptation of Christ, and he'd also directed um, American Graffiti, not American Graffiti, American Gigolo, yeah, and Hardcore. He'd go on to do Patty Hearst and uh, Comfort of Strangers. I love him. He's an amazing director. Um, and actually, I'm going to have to uh, say sorry, but yes, Paul Schrader was an uncredited writer uh-huh. for it. Yeah, And um, yeah, it is one of my all-time favorite films. I would say top three easily. And um, that was that was 1982 for me. Yeah, like I, I, I really enjoyed it too. Uh, just, and the scene that I always remember from it is Ed Begley Jr. getting oh, his arm okay. ripped off. I was waiting. For, uh, I was waiting <laughs> for the, the the little walk through the forest, full naked. Or no, no, it was it was Ed Begley Jr. <laughs> or jo- John Hurd tying her to the to the, to the bed at the end before pumping her. Uh, singing, uh, uh, the lion sleeps tonight. Yep. Yeah. Like, and then yeah, getting his arm ripped off and yeah. dying. It's like that that has stuck in my head since I saw it and it was like amazing yeah oh you saw the meat tear away from the shoulder it was was fantastic how how strange is it that yeah you have one of your top five of all time in 82 I've got two of my top five of all time from 82 Um, Mm -hmm. wait till 83 there's two more in there for me so yeah yes so that was 1982 guys any final thoughts an awesome year Movie-wise. You know, it really was. In my life, it kind of really sucked. But, yeah. I, I I sit there and I wonder, if is it because of who we were back then or the, that we were so maybe so open to all of these influences back mm-hmm. then that this is a particularly good year? But from what you said, um, there's been a fair amount of stuff written about 1982 and, and it mm-hmm. being a particularly good year in film. And I'm sorry, but you look... This is this is a year where you can look at the top twenty films of in the box office, and with like only a couple of exceptions, go. Those were some really good movies, like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And generally, top twenty, I'm very suspect of. Like it's, it you know, it, I find them to be very. Eh, I mean, you yeah, really have to go see that. Yeah, because yeah. the crowd isn't always the best barometer <laughs> no. for what a good movie is. No, right. Let's let's I mean, take a look at the box office on Titanic to, to uh, verify that one, but. This is a good list. I mean, it, it, it was it was a great year. It, a fantastic year. 
I agree. I agree. <laughs> totally. Um, we talked a little bit before about uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I mean, th- th- how it captured the movie. There was a movie theater in that movie. I believe Phoebe Case was working there. Was she working at the, I know, she yeah. worked the, the food court? Oh, yeah. yeah, that, that, yeah. So there was a couple. I mean, that, that whole feeling of you went to movies. It wasn't a, a prepackaged experience. You went there and you walked away and you talked about movies. And now you go to you go to most of what's playing and you you basically forget about it 20 minutes later and here's something that's 25 more than 25 years ago and we still have a lot of passion and memories of what 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 do you remember from last year now yeah. that 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 holds that has that much resonance in your in your emotions uh, <laughs> <laughs> um no it's it's yes. true i mean you had you had um, TV actors on TV and you had movie actors in movies. You didn't, you know, you didn't go out to see the guy that was in fucking Dawson's Creek in in this this week's big movie kind of thing. Mm. You know, there was, and that's why you you were excited about the people that were in the movies. Like, you know, new Harrison Ford movie? Fuck, I'm there. You know, yeah. it's not like you could catch him fucking, you know, three times a week spinning a wheel. On, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, You know, Nastasia Kinski, so, like... She only made two films that year. One nobody saw, like, and yet she became huge because there was there was some there was a bit of a mystique there as well, you know. Like, you know, who were these people? We weren't like you said, you know. Entertainment Tonight would take an in depth look at a film, not you know who was screwing while they were making the film. Yeah, exactly. You know, we we just it, it was I don't know. We were just so much more open to. Um, to the product rather than the process and mm-hmm. and well there's a lot of risk taking in in your the top 20 or a lot of the films i mean it's just it crosses a lot of genres and such and and studios now won't won't take the gamble it's all about they you have to basically know exactly how much you're going to make you know mm-hmm. one exception was tron back in 82 i mean disney thought they were going to make 400 mil off that yeah. and <laughs> it, it actually brought their stocks down i mean that was the that was, uh, but basically now all studios make that projection before it even gets a green greenlit. It's how many hundreds of millions of dollars are they going to make? Yeah. You're not going to say, "Hey, that's a cool, interesting story. We want to uh, let's try that. Uh, let's let's give it a shot." Or that's a that's a neat actor. We'll we'll try that as a vehicle for for something. And we've talked about some really great films. And I mean, there's stuff that we didn't get around to at all. Like um, Beastmaster, <laughs> Beastmaster. Um, Robert Altman's uh, come back to the Five and Dime. Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean. Um, the the secret, the yeah. secret of Nim came out this year. Oh yeah. Uh, Sophie's Choice, as you said. Tex, which was Matt Dillon's first big film. Um, Brimstone and Trickle. That was Sting, Joan Plowright, and Denim Elliott. An amazing movie. There was just there was so much stuff, you know, and. You know, we're trying not to take up too much of your life as you listen to us uh, go on about this stuff, but it, um, it, it, so much. Yes, our enthusiasm is overwhelming for this year. <laughs> like I, like I said in my in my bad stuff, too many good movies. Well, comparatively, our our next segment for ninety seven will be about five minutes long. If, <laughs> you know, what can you say about? I mean. You say 97, you're going to have to do some 
homework. I mean, 82, you can miss it. I, 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 watched, I watched season two of The Bionic Woman this week, man. I did not fucking watch <laughs> nothing for 1982. I, I know this shit cold. I, I wish that I would have seen some of it again, but that's just it. Again. Yeah. I've already seen all of the top 20. Yeah. I, I remember all of them. You know, so it's... I, I didn't have to watch a single movie. 1973... I am so glad <laughs> that we had about, like, two months prep for that because I was watching movies left, right, and center yeah. for that one. Well, I have Titanic down pat for 97. Is it Titanic 97? Or are you saying 96? I don't know. I just don't want to say Titanic. <laughs> I hate that fucking movie. Anyhow, on that note, 1997. <laughs> yeah. So 1997 will be the next year that we take a look at. Um... I've had a blast talking about 1982. I wish we could go on forever. I'm pretty sure that we probably could. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we could do the, the the Blade Runner show. Yeah. Or the Thing, the thing show. show. Yeah. Or the Poltergeist show. <laughs> the comedies of, the horrors of. It just it was, it was a great year. Um, and this is the end of it. I, I, I'm just going to shut the fuck up and we'll get the hell out of here. So this is Alan saying goodbye. This is Mark also saying goodbye. And Ross saying goodbye. We'll see you in 1997. Woo-hoo. Bye-bye. Bye.